You're listening to TopCast, this old pinball's online radio. For more information, visit them anytime, www.marvin3m.com slash TopCast. Coming to you live from a state otherwise known as Texas's ugly twin sister, it's the This Old Pinball Radio Show with Norman Shaggy. Norm, you alive? Uh, barely. All right, welcome to another edition of TopCast, the Internet Pinball Radio Show. We're coming to you live today. Um, from the North <laughs> From the area. And we've got a couple special guests here with us. We've got Curb, who's going to be helping us out with the um, I Survive System 80, but he's going to be doing that live instead of being pre-recorded. We've got uh, Corn's Conundrum today. Uh, we're going to be taking your calls, uh, tech calls or comments or opinions or anything you want to talk about that's pinball related. And we also have Brian Saunders here. He's um, a big collector. Who, uh, why don't you saunder up to the mic and uh, and say hello to us. Hello, everybody. you got to be a little closer. you got to get right on it. Hello, everybody. Yeah, that's a lot better. Okay. All right, Norm, so uh, why don't you tell us about what uh, what you've been doing that's pinball related. Okay, that's all. All right, we're gonna move right along. Uh, I'm I'm on the hunt for a game. How's that? Yeah, what game are you on the hunt for today? I, should I tell anybody because then they go after it. The it, you know it's it's a wood rail. It's an old wood rail from Williams. I'm gonna go out and look at it, and I think I might buy it. Even though the prices, everybody says I'm crazy. You say I'm crazy. You know, paying uh, a lot of money for an uh, unshop uh, Williams wood rail. You didn't think I'm too. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. We've been doing the TopCast shows with uh, personality interviews, but um, we haven't really done anything with uh, anything live. And the reason why we don't do a lot of live stuff um, is because it's a lot more work, frankly. I mean, you know, all the other stuff, you know, is more casual. And the tape stuff is probably better. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. The tape stuff probably is right. Anyways, we're going to talk a little with Brian. we got Brian here. Um and we got, uh, I mentioned that we got Curb is, I hope, I'm, I'm looking at Curb from across the aisle. Curb, you did come up with something for us for today for System 80, right? I survived System 80. Yeah, he says he's going to come up with something. So he's drinking a beer, he's chewing on some uh, uh, beef jerky, and he's got his lady here and they're playing pinball. Because today is the, um, the Detroit EM Collectors Club Summer Barbecue at the uh at the radio show and uh we've got a lot of guys coming in norm is going to be manning the grill norm makes some killer ribs and uh and chicken which i guess kind of kind of fits the cause i mean i'm not a chicken kind of guy you know chickens is for you know like girls girls like chicken and norm (laughs) and shaggy doesn't like girls as we know (laughs) (laughs) no a la contraire oh yeah i like you norm you big fat Hunk of burning nothing. That's why he kept telling me, make sure you bring in cooked sausage. I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I don't want between the lines. <laughs> There's no lines to be read between. But anyways, let's, uh, let's start our conversation with Brian. Brian, you drove in from Illinois and you're picking up a game that I actually picked up for you, a James Bond. But I thought you were, yeah. which is a, a Gottlieb System 80. Um, I thought you were a Bally collector. Yeah, that's true. Every once in a while, I fall off the wagon, though. So. Well, what do you mean fall off the wagon? I mean, what 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 is your attraction here to System 80? Uh, really, no attraction at all. I just happened to play that game at John Dayhuff's house one time, and I thought it was pretty intriguing because all of a sudden the machine just quit, and they told me that's the way it was supposed to be. So well, I I okay. Now I picked the game up for him. A, a guy here in Detroit was selling it. I picked it up, and I actually got it all working, and I got had a chance to play it. And I thought that it's a timed game, and I'm not a huge fan. Have you ever played uh, Williams Travel Time? Yes, I've had that one. Yeah, that game blows. I, I, well, I shouldn't <laughs> say that. I shouldn't say that. I, I, not a big I'll just bow down to you and your great opinions of everything. <laughs> Pinball's like ice cream. There's a flavor for everybody, but given that, there are certain flavors that are vanilla and, 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 and chocolate. You know, like Adam's Family is definitely a vanilla or chocolate flavor. Like, we should care what you think. <laughs> But anyways, Travel Time was another time game. It was an EM. Uh, you could earn extra time when you played it. Uh, single player. It just wasn't my cup of tea, as it may be. I don't know. Did you like the game, Brian? I would about go along with that. It's really not much of a player. It's just more of a, oh, it's just kind of a unique thing. Uh, you have to play it 
and keep hitting the right targets and so you can gain more time to stay on the game. It doesn't really just meter out the balls to you. Uh, you've got to earn them. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I don't mind the earning part. Oh, Norm wants to say something. I can't well, wait. you got to give these guys credit. I mean, they're just making old stale games forever. They come up with a new idea, and then 30 years later, you guys rip them, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's like, what the hell have you done with your life? What did you design? <laughs> give these guys some credit, man. All this right, is all history. Right, all right, all right. Some of us never got a chance to play those games 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, and as Norm knows, I'm not a huge uh, Kordak uh, design game fan. Um there isn't a lot of his game trigger. Um, but anyways, so uh, James Bond, back to the James Bond, is kind of similar. It's, it's actually available in two ROM versions. You can run it with a ROM that's timed and one that's just three or five ball. I originally burned the, the timed ROM in there, and I thought the same thing that you thought, Brian. It was really bizarre how it just kind of shuts you down. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so... I ended up taking that ROM out, and I put the uh, three and the five ball ROM in, and I thought it was a lot better game, you know. But it, yeah. what's cool is that you knock down the drop targets, and that's the bonus. Like if you knock down five drop targets, you get a it keeps track of them actually on one of the score displays, and you get a bonus for each one of those drop targets. What's Norm? What do you anyway? Okay, forget it. Enough about <laughs> James Bond. Um, so, anyways, you drove up here to get the James Bond. Yeah, and it was a long ways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's only one. It's somewhere out west of here, about 75 miles, and they were sending ambulances out there as hard as they could. So I kind of got held up. So. Right. Probably some guy with a sugar issue. <laughs> Anyways, we uh, um, Brian came and you actually brought me a game too, didn't you? Yes, I did. Uh, it's a twin rifle gun game. It's big and heavy, and I got to load it all by myself last night. Wait, it's twin rifle? Mm-hmm. Or twin pirate? Twin pirate, I think. <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> Have me scared there for a second. Twin, twin, well, twin pirate. If you like the pictures, that's the same game that you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's in the back of his car, probably. Yeah. Well, hey, and uh, I should also, um, well, well, we'll come back to that later, but... Um, but anyway, so Brian, how did you get into collecting? I mean, what is your which were your early memory of pinball here? Probably my very earliest memory was I was probably four or five years old playing one in a laundromat. So I could, uh, my mom gave me nickels just to stay away from her and go put them in the machine and do something. But it was probably a godly wood rail. Uh, chances are, because this would have been about 1959 or 60, maybe. You know, Shaggy's got an interesting story similar to that. His mother used to give him nickels, but she would actually throw them in the ocean. <laughs> all right, so when did you, I, I mean, did you play all through high school? Yeah, uh, pretty much. I got a paper out when I was like eight years old, and after that, any money I could make, I was down at the ice cream shop putting them in the games. And these were all EMs, I assume, you were playing? Yeah, and the vast majority of them, I can remember what they were. Uh, there were a lot of Gottlieb Wedgeheads in there and some of the mid-60s Williams stuff. So there's a few of those that I've managed to get and, and just keep around for collection's sake just so I could play them again. Right. Yeah, where did you grow up? I grew up in a town called Mattoon, Illinois. It's uh, Mattoon and Charleston, Illinois are almost grown together now, and that's where Eastern Illinois University is. Did you, uh, did you play through high school too? Yeah, high school was where I really started developing a big passion for these things uh the arcade that i hung out at they used to have a contest every week and whoever got the high score either the first second or third high scores on that would end up getting free food so i pretty much fed myself all through high school off of a couple of games <laughs> okay now did you go to did you go to college after that yeah i went to illinois state university after that and i majored in pizza and bowling and pinball <laughs> did you ever get a degree no, that kind of escaped me. I was too busy. <laughs> you start actually collecting games. It wasn't really all that long ago. I'd say probably 1998 or nine. I got to where I there. I remembered some of play them again, so I started looking around for them. Hmm. And uh, about the year 2000, I really got serious about trying to get a bunch of the Bally's back. Now, why Bally? Why are you concentrating on Bally? That was the ones that I played most of the time in high school. They were pretty popular in our town, so I just kind of got used to the way they were. Now, do you like the single player or the theme or rhyme or reason? No, it doesn't really matter to me. The uh, Some of the multiplayer ballets were actually a lot more fun to play than the single players. So, 
right? Uh, well, what are what are your subtitles that trip your trigger? Oh, my favorite's called Big Valley. It's a EM multi-ball game from 1970, and I keep telling people on RGP all the time it's pretty underrated because I would sell every other game I have before I'd sell that one. And and, um, and RGP for some people that don't know it, that's a Usenet news group that's about pinball. It stands for Rec Games.Pinball. Um, but uh, um, but anyway, so Big Valley. What what I, what's that theme all about? It's a Western theme. Uh, yeah. Probably it was patterned a little bit after the TV show that was on in the 60s. What, Bonanza or whatever? Uh, somewhat, although it doesn't have have yeah. the characters or anything on it. It's It was maybe, you know, the the picture on the front of the glass is a valley with a mountain lion on it and, and a guy on a horseback riding after the mountain lion. Now, is it 2-inch or 3-inch zipper flipper or not? It is not zipper flipper, and it's three inch. It's one of the first ones I did three inch on. Yeah, three inch flippers. Three In fact, flippers. I think it's the only multi ball game they had other than balls of poppin' that had three inch flippers. Three balls of poppin'. You're talking about 1956. Mm-hmm. That, that would have been the 50s game. Yeah, that had but, two inch flippers, didn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. Okay. The um, uh, so it's multi ball. Is it two or three ball? It's uh, it's a three ball multi ball. Uh, what it's got, it's got a couple captive holes up near the top of the field, which was, they kept the same play field design around for quite a few games. They used it in uh, Space Time and Time Zone and Rogo and uh, just some little variations on the bumper placements and stuff. But uh, the Big Valley game, just there's just a unique way that it flows and plays that is so different from what we discovered back playing it in high school. I mean, another guy kind of got on to the ins and outs of it was that the real secret to play in that game is not to release all the balls on the field at once. Well, you mean just get like two at a time? Well, you ideally you just want to play two at a time if you can and leave the third one still up in a captive hole so you've always got a gate open to shoot at. Hmm. And if you can get these things, if you can kind of get it going on a sequence, you can just nail it again and again and again on this one gate. And that's really the secret to getting a lot of points on that game. Pointy art? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you see, that's the big problem I have with Bally pre-Dave pre Christensen, who is the, you know, the famous uh, round girl uh, artist, uh, is what I would call him, uh, is the pointy art. The pointy art stuff just drives me nuts. Hey, we're always prejudice against, prejudice against games. Yeah, I'm just prejudiced against that, uh, that style of artwork. It just, it does, uh, I don't know, it just drives me nuts. And I'd have to say, to be honest, I never really cared much for the artwork and anything. Uh, I didn't collect them for artwork. I didn't play them for artwork. I played them because I really liked the way the game would play. Right, right. And then that was their whole ballet. Now, do you have, like, all the ballet EMs or anything, you know, Tim Arnoldish type in your collecting? I'm beginning to get pretty close. I think I'm missing 18 of them now. Ballets are there that, you know, in total? I think there was 119 different ones. Wow. So you're a three-digit collector then? Yeah. Three-digit, mm-hmm. yeah. Norm, are you a... Norm, he, he's like a... <laughs> he's a one-digit collector, and he's giving me the finger. Two-digit. <laughs> he's a two-digit collector. Where do you keep all this stuff? Well, I just did build a new shop here not too long back, and I'm starting to get those lined up in there now. Up until now, it's just been a, a thing where I had to rotate in 10 or 15 at a time and shop those out and get those done and get those ready. And eventually, just for your own playing, to bring in what you want and try it out for a while and then swap it out. Hmm. Now, um, now you've also strayed off the Bally Road here a bit, too. I, you know, I, I heard that you have some solid-state stuff, too. It's just not all about EMs, right? Yeah, it's true. I, I weakened one time and bought a deal of 30-some solid-states from the late 70s and early 80s. And they were all Bally and Williams stuff, so I figured I would go ahead and, and just start learning on those, eventually sell those, and keep trying to complete the collection of the EMs. Hmm. But the EMs is, is really your your desire. Yeah, that's what I like the best. You have the pitching bats, too? Uh, I don't actively pursue them. If they happen to come, that's fine. Norm Norm has a real uh, soft spot for pitching bats. Like he got me into pitching. Norm got me into everything. Of course, Norm, would you like to comment on all the things that you've turned me on to? Here it comes. No, I, I'll pass. <laughs> oh, man, the opportunity of a lifetime. The one that he rarely 
ever turns down, too. You know. So, uh, so now, what do you do for a living now? I'm actually a glorified janitor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have yeah, a, me too. I'm married. Yeah, with our floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have a 28-room church building in our town that's almost like a convention center now, so they keep me pretty busy there. Well, what, what, what I was trying to, the road I was trying to take you down wasn't so much that road. I was, <laughs> what I was trying to get at is you do in-home service in, in your area, right? Yeah, I do that on nights and the weekends. Right. Okay. Is that, is that pretty good job, I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that because that's just money that I make. Uh, to spend on other machines, I can kind of keep it all separate from the family stuff. Right, right. Why does the family uh, the family give you a hard time about the pinball thing? The only time the family gives me a hard time is when there's not enough shoe sales or things like that to go to. <laughs> now what? Now what's your trick to finding? Oh, I'm sorry, Norm. What were you going to say? I was going to say, what did you do before all this? I worked at a Nap Auto Parts store for about 12 or 13 years before that. Oh, okay, okay. So you you don't have insurance then. <laughs> actually i do thanks to my wife oh yeah oh yeah oh, yeah i've heard this not heard this story before have we norm he's giving me a blank look yeah pass pass norm passes i can't believe it yeah, yeah exactly never mind um but anyway so are they their family's pretty supportive yeah, I'd say they they tolerate it well. Yeah, that's uh, that's about my family too. My family kind of my son isn't won't even play the games really. He's more of a video head. Yeah, yeah. the pinball in my house anywhere. Really? Nope, not allowed in there. And not even in the basement. Don't have a basement. And you don't have anything anywhere. Not inside the house, no. In the garage? No, I've got a small garage, and then I've got this huge shop that I just built to put all the rest of them in. Now it's the shop on property. Yes, it is. Okay. So now how big is the shop? It's 42 by 48, and it's 16 feet tall, and I'm in the middle of putting a second floor up in it. Wow. Okay. Man. So how many games can you fit on the bottom? I'm thinking I can get 75 on each floor. Oh, my God. That's great. Man. Wow, I'm stuck in the basement, and I'm pretty much at my catch. Yeah, but you're one of the few uh, weird people that have actually dug another basement next to his house and bridged it. <laughs> How many people have ever done that for pinball machines? I only know of one. Do you know of any? Seemed like there was some guy in California that raised his house clear up off the foundation yeah. and did one. Didn't yeah, it? yeah, that was the char the Charland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you know, I I um, um I annexed my basement to the neighbors and put a tunnel between them, and they haven't figured out yet that I've got games in their basement and that I sneak over there and play them and fix them at night. Well, that's one way to get around the zoning laws. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Because yeah, I, I maxed out. I can't, I can't expand my house any bigger on the on my current property. Is because you know I'm at I'm at my my max. So I, I got to live within these uh, constraints. What do you need a bedroom for? <laughs> or a bathroom? Or kitchen? Or garage? I've been to a lot of guys' houses that had them in the kitchen. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've dropped off games to people out east. You couldn't hardly get through the house. It was just so cramped and tight. They had pinballs everywhere in them. Yeah, okay. No, go ahead. No, I saw I got a jukebox collector. I had a two-bedroom house with 65 jukeboxes in it. <laughs> it's like all along the wall was jukeboxes. Everywhere you looked, in the center was four jukeboxes. It was just a path to walk around jukebox. Laundry room, four jukeboxes. Bathroom, jukebox, kitchen, four jukeboxes. Other, I don't know where... Where the, when the hell this guy slept? Living room was just jukeboxes and a TV and a chair. There's some really messed up people. Wow. Okay, well, uh, back back to your uh, back to your collecting. I I saw that you also got somehow you got promoted like on the local news or something like that. You got kind of some kind of a news segment. Yeah, for some reason, I guess out where I live, since there's nothing but cornfields and bean fields, every time they come across somebody that's doing something a little out of the ordinary, they they do a story on that. So you got on the nightly news? Yeah, I was on the Terre Haute station a while back. They did a, a little blurb on Any customers or anything from that? Yeah, actually, that generated me some work in, a, in an area that I hadn't been through very much. So I, I think it's just a matter of they got to get to know who does that kind of work in the area, and then they start calling. Hmm. Okay. Been collecting all that long, right? I'd say about eight years real strong, but before that it was just simply to find certain games that I used to play and wanted to play them again. So how do you find all your stuff? Because uh, it got me in contact with other people that did. And as most of you know, once you get to kind of networking out there, you start finding out 
who's got what, and then they know what you're looking for. And they're always feeding me leads from out east on stuff. Over here, it's everybody's for themselves, and they try to screw you, yeah, including pretty. Shaggy. <laughs> I would I would agree with Norm on that comment. <laughs> and I get screwed the most. <laughs> but you like it that way. We call Norm Mr. Grease and Take It. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, no, there's no response there. There's no, no denial. Yeah, I got an address book full of leads I give to everybody. I'm the only guy, and I get nothing in return. Everybody wants to trade me their crap and, and, and just take advantage of me. Yes, yes, I know. Okay, should we start the list of games that I've gotten for you? Should we start? Do you want to even go down that road? Do you? Let's go back and talk to your mother. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, okay, the, the $500 Twilight Zone, the the $500 Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, you know, it just keeps going. Well, that's when all games were coming out of Europe, and they were two, $300. Yeah, so we're making a killing off you. Is that where you're going to go next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see where all this conversation's going. I guess I must have shown up a little too late for those deals. Oh, yeah, it's funny. Norm sends me these emails every once in a while. I get them. You know, do you remember the old days in a, you know, a list of games, you know, we're buying for, you know, out of containers out of Europe for two, three, four hundred dollars for games. I mean, if we paid five hundred for Twilight Zones and stuff like that, that was, you know, we were like, you know, crying, you know, Star Trek Generations for four hundred. What was a medieval madness, do you remember? It was, I nine hundred bucks. Yeah, I was, like I was going to say seven fifty. Yeah, I mean, the stuff was, and it was all good stuff at that time. Yeah, the condition was actually yeah. pretty darn reasonable. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, people, yeah, it pretty much was, you know, how things have changed. And while you guys were buying your four and $500 Twilight Zones, I was buying those 50 and $75 EMs that came in the containers they didn't know what to do with. <laughs> you know, we never got any EMs in a container, never. Not, ne- not one. I mean, yeah, we didn't even get some... Um, any early solid state stuff. About the oldest stuff we get would be maybe Funhouse type thing. Oh, Diner. We got a couple of System 11 games, but you know, 1988, 89, mousing around. Remember they got the remember we got the Diner. It was 160 dollars. Do you remember that? You sent me that email. Yeah, I think it was a Popeye for a hundred and a quarter. I mean, yeah. it was <laughs> the shipping. I think was 75 dollars. Yeah, the shipping was more expensive than some of the games. This is like two year 2000, and it was the. It was. They had no place to put it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have to agree that it was kind of really. It was interesting. But okay, so you know what? Now, what else you you are you into collecting besides the the pinballs? Are you into anything else? Any other wacky stuff? No, I kind of do one hobby at a time. I do it real strong, and I wear it out, and then I go to something else. I used to drag race pretty heavy back in the late 80s and all through the 90s and do there, got two or three track championships, and I was good with that, and I went on to something else I wanted to do. Wow. So when you were drag racing, I mean, what, uh, you know, I, I don't know much about it. As a matter of fact, I don't know anything about it. I used to go when I was a kid, but I didn't really know anything. But, I mean, what what kind of, you know, what kind of cars are, were you racing? Well, being one of the weird and unusual guys like I am, I, I like to race Rambler stuff. Ramblers. Okay, and what and what kind of motors are in those things? Well, they have their own brand of engine in them. Uh, the one that I ran most of the time was a 390 AMC. A lot of people thought Ford made that motor, but they didn't. Huh, interesting, interesting. Okay, all right, great. Uh, anything else that you want to add, Brian? It's kind of it's, it's some interesting stuff you got going there. Oh, uh, I thought about something you asked me before about how I really got started on collecting. Uh, the first thing I really started building a collection of was the zipper flipper games, and that was because I played fireball when I was back in high school, and I was just fascinated with how that threw curveballs across the field, and the, and the little flippers going in and out was pretty unique. So I, I finally started just trying to get all the zipper flipper games first just because I thought that would be something nobody else had. And how hard was it to get all those? Uh, it took me probably three and a half years or so to round all those up. That's not bad. And what was the most you ever had to pay for one of your bally's? Um, gosh, I'd have to really think back on that. I'd say probably eight hundred dollars, maybe. Right. Okay. All right. Now, what what do you think of my favorite, which I just kind of, you know, uh, maybe. Uh, Tainted the stew. I like four million BC. Yeah, that's that would be my second choice on a zipper flipper game. Um, 
probably Fireball I'd have to go with first just because I played it early on and I never got the chance with the 4 million BC. Uh, there just wasn't one of those around town anywhere to play. So. Right. Oh, okay, so back in the old day you never played it. Right, and right. and there's, there was lots of games that I never played. Uh, pretty much just whatever was local to me was all I could get to. Hit for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I traveled 10 miles just to play that one. Really? I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people bitch about that rotating ball erratically yeah. around and kind of wide out lanes. It, it's kind of a love or hate on that one, I think. Uh, what I really like about playing it, not only was the spinning disc thing a, a real unique thing that, that kind of added a dimension of the game I hadn't seen before, but the uh, the plunger shot is pretty important on that game. Right. Uh, had never seen anything like that before either. And, and if you don't do it right, it really costs you in regard to amount of points on the game. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, cool. Is there uh, anything I forgot to ask you that you want to you want to bring up? You want to plug anything? Oh, oh, I know what I forgot to ask you. You were involved with uh, a pinball show out in Illinois, right? Yeah, we do the uh, Heron Super Show with Rob Craig and uh, Steve Rothschild and Kenny Hall down there. They're all Southern Illinois guys that uh, ended up kind of finding out about early on in the in in this decade, anyway. And eventually, they kind of invited me in because I think they needed all my games to put down there. Well, they probably those they're, they're kind of solid state guys. Um, yeah, so they probably needed somebody that represented the EM side of the world. Yeah, actually, two of the four are the solid state guys, and the other two of us, me and Ken, are, are EM guys. So they, now, they what pretty is, well covered it. What, what was Ken uh, into? Ken's kind of a Gottlieb guy, and I do the Bally and the Williams stuff. So he he ended up becoming my traveling partner on a lot of these pinball runs that I make out east. And the nice thing about it was we never had to fight over anything because I didn't want any part of his territory and he didn't want any part of mine. Right, right. Now, what's, um, you know, how much work do you do with the show? I mean, what do you, what do you have to do? What is your, you know, what is your responsibilities? I live the farthest distance away. The other guys are all right down in that area, but I'm about 125 miles away from them. So I don't really get super involved and really much of the background stuff uh what i do is whenever the the day of the show happens i'm supposed to bring in as many games as i can pack into a trailer and then i help them just do the the duties that go on during the show so basically they just abuse you and use you yes but i take it on willingly yeah yeah there you go so i mean is it worth it is it i mean how many games do you bring Somewhere 12, 13, 15, somewhere around in there. Is it is it worth it? I mean, you know, is it is it fun? Yeah, I, I really like it. Uh, in fact, uh, I try and bring some of the weird or nondescript stuff that nobody's ever seen. I like rare games, and I don't mind bringing them for people to play. It's A lot of times I get pretty good comments on that stuff. Uh, they just, people see something they've never seen before, and, and they're just appreciative that it's there and somebody's willing to let them play it right right hmm. so well that's pretty cool and so you don't get into the promotion or anything of that no i'm a little too far away to really get deep into that right but. right well cool all right hey brian thank i appreciate you coming and uh thanks why don't you go out and uh you know norm's gonna be cooking hot dogs soon and uh play some pinball yeah i heard tell there was good food up here yeah yeah that yeah. was worth 500 miles <laughs> probably not trust <laughs> me there so all right, well, that was Brian Saunders. He was, uh, you know, coming up and visiting us for uh, the EM Club meeting and uh, picking up a game and, and dropping off a game. So uh, appreciate him uh, coming in. Special guest. Special guest. Special guest. Special guest. All right, I got Curb with us. Now, Curb is our System 80 guru, our resident System 80 guru, and he normally does a pre-course that includes... Um, uh, system, I survived the System 80 hell, is what we call it. And um, he's going to be doing that live today. What do you got for us today, uh, Curb? Uh, just uh, going to go through a System 80 startup. We, uh, Clay's site links my page, with uh, the Marvin 3M page. Yeah, yeah the, the, um, you'll hear it mentioned, if anybody mentions my site, they pretty much mean pinrepair.com or marvin3m.com slash fix. Uh, it'll be one of the two, but you're going to talk about some uh, System 80 startup stuff. Yeah, I, I'm on the uh, Marvin 3M pages. There's a link to uh, 
the my page, which has the how to start up a game if you've got one from scratch. And it, it's sometimes, it, there's a lot of steps, but they're sort of important. Um, the first one, if you go through the pages, is you, know, you plug in the bottom uh, connector on the power supply, unplug all the other ones, and just check all your voltages. Assuming you're going to do the upgrades, you may not have at this point, but it always helps to make sure you don't have some outrageously high 5 volts or something like that. Right, right. And, and that's especially important on System 80B. Um, on System 80B, B, the, uh, there's no crowbar circuit for the 5 volts, so if there's a problem with the 5 volts, it can actually pass up to 12 volts down the 5 volt line. So what I always do is I pull the connector off the left side of the CPU board, and that takes 5 volts away from the CPU board and from the driver board. Uh, the sound boards usually have their own power supply, so that's not really as big of an issue. Um, so yeah, I started up with the CPU and the driver board disconnected, and then you know check all your voltages on the power supply. Once you got to that point, you pull all the connectors off the CPU. And uh, the very left connector, which is the power supply right adjacent to the C1 cap, you put uh, connect that one up, power it up again, make sure your CPU isn't dragging down the 5-volt line chip or, or something on the, on the CPU. It can actually dry, drag the 5 volts down. So make sure that you still have good 5 volts, and then you can uh, start adding connectors. The display connector is on the far right side of the um, of the CPU board. Add those on there. Power it up again. Look for some displays. So keep troubleshooting as you go through because you don't have your slam tilt connected. You're just going to get strobing displays at first unless you've done your slam tilt mod. Right, right. Um, the reason why you mentioned the slam tilt. Slam tilt on System 80 is different. Uh, System 80 and System 1 Gottlieb's is different than you know, say Williams or Bally. On Williams or Bally, the slam tilt is normally open. You don't really have to worry about it unless the slam tilt switch is actually closed. And the slam tilt is located inside the coin door. Um, it's like a, a switch. You'll see it. it's like a weighted switch um, that if somebody kicks the door, basically it's going to lose their credit or lose their game. Um, on Gottlieb, that's a normally closed switch, which means that the CPU has to see that as being closed through the wiring and through that switch. Where in Bally and Williams, it's a normally open switch, and you don't have to worry about it in that regard. And, and you leave all of the bottom of the CPU connectors off. That way, if there's something weird going on with your game, you're not affecting the booting of the CPU. If you've got the strobing displays, you can keep moving on. You, you, you've got a decent you know, running CPU at that point. Uh, the next connector is the center connector. Um, of the on the bottom of the CPU, that uh, labeled J5, and that's your coin door and slam switch connector. Uh, put that one on there, and you'll be able to power it up. You should have uh, the zero, just like you're trying to start a game. You'll be able to operate the coin door, um, test switch button, all of that, and you can run through. You know, and make sure that you're getting good um, test switch buttons and the slam switch and right, all that. Right, you can use internal diagnostics. Yep. Also, like on System 80 and 80A, um, be aware that there's a five-second boot-up delay if the slam switch is, is um, connected uh, and closed. When you turn it on, you can just one, two, three, four, five. Score displays on. You'll hear the relays under the play field if you have other things. If you get the driver board connected, you'll hear the relays click. If... Um, if System 80B, they, they kind of stop that five-second delay. It's just actually, a, a, you know, pretty much a one-second. Yeah, it boots right on. up. And yeah, goes it boots on. right up. It boots right up, that's for sure. So. And, yeah, and then once you do that, and, of course, every time you're adding these connectors, you're shutting the game off. But you, you add the switch connectors and uh, then go through all through the menus to do the switch test, you know, that's internal diagnostics. Do the whole matrix. Make sure you test all of the switches to make sure you don't have any bad diodes under the play field because they're not on the switches like they are in Williams. They're all on these diode boards that are scattered around the game. So you just take some time, but once you get through it all, it's worth it. Right. After, yeah. Yeah, you're, 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 you're crawling along, but in the process, it's easy to find issues instead of just trying to hook everything up and, and backpedaling through it. You know, it's like swimming upstream or swimming downstream. It's a lot easier to swim downstream. And then once you get the last connector, which is the CPU to, to a driver board connector, then you can start testing your coils and lamps and things like that. 
um, those usually give you the most grief. So testing those last helps you eliminate them from the problem, you know, of, of possibly not booting your board or, or something like that. Um, there, you know, you're going to have a lot of issues, usually small issues, but you want to make sure that you've got a good booting board before you go troubleshooting the rest of the play field and so forth. Now, when do you, uh, when do you do your ground modifications, Kerb? I usually make sure I've got a good CPU board. Uh, and then once I've got a booted CPU board that goes into, you know, the displays coming up, I usually then pull all of the boards out and do all the mandatory upgrades. Right, right. So then, you know, you do all the ground mods, and I do all the ground mods on the driver board, um, attaching all the grounds together. Uh, it helps eliminate the flaky edge connector problems that are pretty uh, common. Uh, then do all of you know, like the standard mandatory upgrades. And then once you're beyond all of that, um, you put the, all the boards back in. and Right. Yeah, I probably do it a little differently. I... Um... I, I check the power supply, make it work, make sure it's working. Then I usually do the ground modification to the power supply, um, assuming that that's working. And then I'll make sure the CPU is working, and then I'll do the ground mod. You know, I kind of like do the ground modifications. It's, you're doing them all at once. I kind of piecemeal them at after after I test each section. I kind of do the ground on that. There's something about those ground modifications. I'm just really paranoid of lighting these games up without them. It really, I don't know. You know, it raises the hair on the back of my neck. What little I have. <laughs> you well, know, to it, run Gatleys without any, without the ground mods. It, it's uh, usually what ha- when I was doing board repairs at home for a long time, and and I would have somebody send me the whole uh, board set at once. So I got used to just pulling everything and doing it all at once, and then putting it all back in, and then worry about the rest of the game. But either way, it, you know, it's always good to make sure you have it right before you start powering things up. Yeah, I should also mention that I do System 1s the same way, too. And, and you basically got to test System 1s, just like Curb was saying, too, where you start with the power supply and work forward, and you can do almost exactly the same procedure. You know, um, and Just be aware, though, that on System 1s, there's actually two slam switches. There is the one inside the coin door, and then the, the ball roll is actually part of the slam switch, too, where that's unlike System 80. System 80, the ball roll mechanism is a, is a normally open tilt switch. So they, they changed their mind about that that ball roll mechanism. And I'll, and I'll tell you that you know that Pascal's board on System One, I've got to I had, I had to do a little work on one of them, uh, a game that had one in it. Wow, that makes working on those games so much easier. You mean because the displays he actually uses like text in the displays? Oh, and if, the, if you have a shorted coil diode, it actually shuts down the 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 voltage to the coil so you don't fry transistors and and uh it has a lot of neat features now i've tested an earlier version he's added some things since then and i believe some soundboard issues but there there's a lot of neat features in that board hmm. yeah i've never had the pascal i've i've always used um uh you know the nine stuff for system one just because it's it's made here and it's just easier to get yeah well that's true yeah know that yeah the pascal you gotta gotta go out of your way to find yeah you know. and they're they're not you know readily available you just can't go and pick one up at, at whoever's. yeah marco or whatever yeah, yeah you just don't call them up and order one yeah but i i, I normally and they're they're not exactly inexpensive but they're if you've got a really nice game that you want to hang on to it's worthwhile looking into now have you tried the um you know i tried the nywomp system 80 that was kind of interesting longer boot up time instead of the five second delay it's like 10 seconds at boot up um for some reason but the bard is smaller uh cuter um but it's pretty much the same you know i mean it's not really much different if you needed a new cpu board for your you know haunted house or black hole I want one, but you know he's rewriting that software from the from the beginning. So he's kind of like, you know, if you had a, uh, you know, whatever a James Bond or something kind of strange, you can't get, you can't use the nine one board at least at this point. Oh, he hasn't written the code yet. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing that they did for System One. You know, they rewrote the code for each one of the games for the on the nine one, and I think Pascal had to do that too because they're not using the same processor as the original System One was using. Well, they would probably get a little bit of grief from uh, from Gottlieb. From Gottlieb yeah. yeah, yeah, perhaps. Because they're still really actively sure. going after the you know copyright issues and so forth. Right. Yeah, which I, I don't understand on a thing like that, but whatever. Um, well, what else you got for us, Curb? Anything else? Well, that that's the startup. Um, really, 
you know, like I said, go to, uh, you can link it through the Marvin 3M site, um, get the uh, uh, startup link through there, and it, it's linked to my page, which is a horrible web page, and you can yeah. scroll through it and yeah. you can go through it step by step. Yeah, you're on GeoCity, so it's... Uh, which, well, that page is a pushing, bit of overhead, yeah. Pushing eight years old now, I think it is, or something like that. Right, right, right. But the data's all there, and it hasn't changed much. So. Right, yeah, and you got some good repair tips there, too, so... Yeah, there's a few other links for other problems. If you have display or switch problems, it tells you where to look and what switches to focus on. Right. Well, cool. Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming in today, Curb. Um, that was uh, that was great. Special guest. Special guest. Special guest. Special guest. Special guest. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Norm, that's real nice. Norm. Norm's got his hand in his pants. Why is that not a big surprise? You know, we're waiting here for Norm to saunter up. This is an idea. You don't. You don't like our studio. You know, this is a great studio. Excellent! Alright, so Norm, what I need you to do is I need you to plug this and I need you to take about 30 seconds while I run upstairs for a second. I want you to, we've got a Michigan pinball tournament coming up. Norm's gonna, gonna run a little interference here for me. Well, Michigan Pinball and Marvin present the Michigan Open Pinball Tournament, August 2nd, 2008. You like to play pinball against the world? The world's best? Would you like to earn points towards the World Pinball Player Championship? Would you like to have some fun playing fit pinball? Would you like to take home cash prizes? Well, come on down to Marvin's Mechanical Museum, and they're going to have this tournament. August 2nd, 2008. The tournament sponsors are Marvin's Marvin Mechanical Museum, Stern Pinball, PinballSales.com, PinRepair.com, Detroit EM Pinball Collectors, and Parker's Pinball. See, there is a Detroit EM uh, Collectors Club is on here. Is that the various collectors have at their house? Or? Yeah, they, these guys, and then they come here, and, and we make food for them, and they basically do nothing. So there's entry fees, and there's all kinds of, there's four divisions. There's an expert, there's a novice, there's EM players. They'll do qualifying until 5 o'clock. Finals will start at 6. I'm going to be running a separate tournament just for EM. Uh, Parker's going to be running... A solid state tournament. Um, he's going to be using newer Stern games, and uh, I'm going to be doing EM. Yeah, and in the EM tournament I'm running, the grand prize is a actual coin-operated pinball machine. So we're going to be playing on a '70s Williams uh, game, and the winner takes the game home. Trophies for second and third prize, but first prize is the actual coin-operated game, plug-and-play, ready to go, all shopped out. We're going to be doing that. So you get to win a free game in the C Division slash EM tournament. Well, the contact information is uh, Michigan Open Pinball Tournament, Parker Thomas, at michiganpinball.com. michiganpinball.com, contact them, or 248-361-9349. That was the world's lousiest commercial. Yeah, you're really good at this, aren't you, Norm? Hey, just throw a flyer in my face in here. Make a commercial. Well, you know, you got to be able to do things, you know. On on the run, you know, yeah, on the great. fly. Yeah. I, I got a, a meeting. Um, um, hey, your dog is salivating, trying to get a. a oh, look at that! He put the he put the meat stick in his mouth, and then he put the other end in the dog's mouth, and like two lovers, they're going. Down. That is not true. That. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you, Norm? You know what happened at the last party? You're going to love this. He's going to kill me. But I was just doing a scientific experiment to see what dogs will eat. And you know how dogs will eat anything. Well, I took some lettuce and I threw it. To, you know, I was giving the dog meatballs and stuff. And the dog, of course, is going to eat anything with meat in it, right? So I took meatballs and we're throwing them, throwing them. And then I figured, well, the next thing he's going to eat, he's going to swallow. So I threw a hunk of lettuce, and he, he just <laughs> inhaled it like a dog, and then he just spit it out. I went, whoa. <laughs> and I'm like, boy, this is pretty weird. How does he know what lettuce is, or why doesn't he like lettuce? These things don't even it's taste a anything. It's a sheep. Whatever. Dog. Who the hell cares? It's a dog, right? <laughs> so then I dipped the lettuce in brown gravy from the meatballs, and the dog ate the lettuce. <laughs> so there, I proved something. What the hell is wrong with you? That's what I want to know. You know, I mean, this is fun to some pinball-related thing. Okay. 
right. Um, the dog is sniffing your. Uh, yeah, my groin because what I rubbed it with meat. So yeah, on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time we close the show off and we go home. <laughs> I think not. My God. Uh, all right. Okay. Fine. All right. We're well, the next session. We're gonna. Yeah, Mort is back. Remember wait, wait, Mort? wait. One question. Can we tell actually how many people are actually listening to us? Yeah, we can, but I don't want to even. Let's let's do that. No. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Let's uh, do it. Let's find. Tell no. me. Right now, we, we, we've got Four? Mort. Mort is back. You remember Mort, Norm? Oh, uh, yes. Okay, he's back in here. We're going to let Mort, the Mort segment run. Hello, everyone. It's Mort again. Thank you for coming back and hearing me on this radio show. Thank you. Now, this Shaggy guy, he's been interviewing a lot of people, and all those people he's been interviewing, I don't get to interview nobody, so I'm going to interview Shaggy. So, Shaggy, tell me about your childhood. I was born in the wagon of a traveling show. And then where was that? Sweet home, right up front, what is your favorite game? The Adams Family. And who is your hero? He's a big ball wizard. I figured that, but who is he? Uncle Albert. Huh? Okay. Your partner in all of this has been Norm. What did you say to him to convince him to do the videos with you? So where is Norm right now? He seems to know a lot about the pinball machines. What do you think his real skill level is? I heard you were a little sick recently. What did you have? That's horrible. What are the symptoms for that? You go out at night, eating cars, you eat Cadillacs, to Mercury's and Subaru. So where are you living now? Is it nice there? Do you visit many people? So what is your wife's name? And where did you meet her at? You know, Shaggy, I'm one of your biggest fans. And I and I really like I really like you. I, I, hey, who did that? You've been hit by, you've been struck by a smooth criminal. What? I got cat class and I got cat style. So what would you change if you had the choice? I want Okay, is there anything else you'd like to add? Okay, well this is Mort signing out. And thank you, Shaggy, for giving me some time to get to know you better. And the whole world knows more about you now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wasn't that special, Norm? What'd you think? Yeah, he put a lot of work into that. The dog was teaching Shaggy how to lick himself. That's real nice. Hey, all he did was the dog rubbed a little sausage on Shaggy, and then Shaggy would lick himself. Kurt thinks that's funny. <laughs> I don't know. I just stupid to do that. Okay, anyways, anyways. Now, now the next part of the show is going to be call-in. I want to give you the number to call in at. <laughs> All you three people listening. All you three people listening. You got a pen? You writing this down, Norm? No. Two? two? Okay, so you're, well, you're, what? Until that comes up, until somebody calls, I got a letter here from somebody. Can we do that or not? Sure, go ahead. There's a friend of mine in Australia, Mark Anderson. He's got, uh, Norm he's a, has no friends. Anyways, he's got an issue with a, uh, you need some advice. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the next part of the show. Okay, so here we go with Corn's Conundrum. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Corn's Conundrum. For those of you who haven't played the game before, it's just a simple guessing game. Go ahead, fire up your web browser, point it at the Internet Pinball Database. I know you all do it, so I'm just going to give you a second or two to get ready. All right, hope you're ready. Uh, what trinket are we giving away this time, Clay? We're going to be giving away some vintage flyers. I've got some flyers from wood rails from the 1950s. Oh, no, you're not giving those away. Yes, no, I am. Wow, that sounds like something that every pinball person would probably <laughs> maybe like to have. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, so you can call in whenever you have, an, have a guest. Clay, what's the phone number again? Okay, then we've already got somebody on the line, so fire away, Corn. Here we go. All right. It's guessing time. 
Data East Machine. It features basement 2000 sound, so that should uh, tell you what generation this is. Basement it's a three flipper game, three and it was designed by Joe Kamakow. And here is a smorgasbord of audio clips taken directly from the game. Okay, okay, so we got a caller on the line. Can you hear us, caller? Okay, Scott from Detroit, Michigan. Okay, and Scott, what, can you get enough of, the, of a clue of the game? Would you, know what, you know what the game is? Yeah, it's enough. I had a question about uh, 1976, Scott. We big hit, prepare. <laughs> okay, so did you, we're doing Quartz Conundrum, though. Um, oh, you're doing Quartz Conundrum. All right, we'll take your, uh, we'll take your tech call. All right. We're shopping out a fully working 1976 Godly Big Hit, um, EM, obviously. I'm a solid state guy. Um, it was fully working, and I went to do a full shop out job, full cleaning, including the inside of the cabinet. Uh, when I was putting everything back together, um, it no longer uh, works correctly. And basically what's happening is um, it, it doesn't have a uh, shoot-around. It basically kicks out from the center of the play field when you uh, press both flipper buttons. And basically that coil now is locking on and no other coils are working or being activated because that coil constantly is being locked on. It constantly is making the kicking motion. But th that particular switch is not locked on. Are you familiar with the 1976 Scotty Big Hand? Right. It's, got a tour it's a turret shooter out the center. Right, correct. That is being locked on now, and it's constantly making a kicking motion. There's no one of the other coils, and that constantly stays on. Did you check the the switch that the ball actually activates, you know, in the turret area? Yeah, and that's not locked on. You mean so it's not closed? It's not closed. The, 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 correct. The switch is not closed. It is open. It keeps trying to shoot the ball out the turret? Is that what you're saying? Correct, exactly. Whether there's a ball in there or not. Um, there's a relay that, that does that. Did you check the relay that closes? That actually? Uh, yeah, that's what, uh, that's what I'm asking about. So it would be inside the actual machine on one of the relays. Right. Relay? Not yet, no. Well, that's where I would start. I would start with that relay, and, uh, and and I would get the schematic out and see what pulls that relay in, and I would just follow down that chain. You do have the schematic. Basically, can those relays basically get stuck, closed, accidentally bent closed, and that's what could cause that problem? Well, sure, yeah. There's there's a whole chain of events that can lock that relay on, and, and I think you, you, what you got to do is look at the schematic. I don't happen to have a schematic for that game handy. But you need to, to check that, you know, look at that, what activates that relay and work backwards from that and, and check every sequence of event, all the switches that activate that relay and keep it pulled in. Good deal. It's got like 15 relays right on the bottom of the cabinet. I'm not, I was, I am not all that familiar with EM games. I didn't real. I, I didn't know if that is a common problem or not. Well, for my my thing, then I've been a hack doing this. Sometimes you'll go into a game and inadvertently start bumping things and pushing things around, or you'll try to clean things. What you should try to do is go back and undo what you may have done in the first place, or if you've displaced anything by moving a uh, bumping things. Okay, well that's what I would give it a shot. I would uh, I would go and 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 look at the relay that's locked on and back off through the schematics and and Perfect. see what's doing that. Okay, that's take care. It. All right. That wasn't exactly what we were looking for, Norm. We were actually looking for uh, an answer to Corn's conundrum. Don't yeah. you answer it, Norm, though. Well, you don't. You, you have your two callers and one obvious. Oh, no, here we go. We got somebody else. Hello. Welcome to TopCast. Uh, do you got an answer for us for Corn's conundrum? Hey, this is Cliffy. What's happening, Clay? 
Hey, how are you, Cliffy? Doing pretty good, bud. And you, uh... uh I really wasn't calling in for that, but I, uh, I, I'm thinking that's Jurassic Park, sounds like to me. Well, I, I, I think, uh, I, I think you're right. Yes, that's right. Yeah. The game I was thinking of is Jurassic Park by Data East, not Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell by the go 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 go. Yeah. That was yeah. a pretty good game, actually. Hey, do you want some of the flyers? I I, I highly suggest these these fine vintage flyers. Uh, you can have them all. That way, Norm. No, I would like them, please. And that way, Norm can't have them. I know the sure. one that Norm I think wants. You got my address on file. If you want to send them, I'd be happy to. Send them. Oh, oh, bastard! Yeah, yeah. We got like Williams pinch hitter. We got pennant fever. We've got uh, Williams strike zone. We've got uh, Williams gold mine. We've got Williams Hercules, which is a gun game. Man, we've got all these great flyers, and this way you get them, and Norm doesn't. Appreciate it. I, I needed something to start my next barbecue with. Yeah. So what else you got for us today, Cliff? Well, I, I kind of wanted uh, Hunters when he was on there, but obviously uh, he's off either loading up a game or uh, eating a hot dog right now. Well, Norm's... Sorry, I missed him, but uh, if you do see him, tell him to give me that doggone Dixieland bat class I've seen on the picture uh, on uh, one of his websites. Well, he, you know, we're going to go, Norm is going and rounding him up. I doubt I'll ever give it up. I'm hurting for that. Dixieland backlash. You know what? I mean, I, I've hardly played the game at all, and it probably sucks a mighty wind. But I don't care. I want to get this game together. <laughs> Brian just walked into the room. You got you got something uh, here. I'm going to hand the mic over to him. Hold on a second. I'm here. What can I do for you? Hey, Brian, Cliffy. Hey, how you doing? Doing pretty good, bud. So I hear tell you got the Dixieland backlash uh, hanging on the wall. If it's not in a head, at least. Brian, I need your Dixieland back glass. You do? Which one? The bad one or the good one? No, I only want the good one. I've <laughs> oh. got plenty of bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to work on something in your behalf. There's a guy about, I know you are, about but five I miles from me that's got a really nice Dixieland game, and he says he's moving to Florida pretty soon, so we'll see what happens. We'll see. I just thought I'd say howdy and give a shout-out to the Team EM guys and the cheap-ass RGP bastards, and uh, wish everybody a happy... Uh, Pinball party there at Clay's. I'm just about headed over right now to Steve Charlin's here in the Bay Area. I would love to get out to California to one of your shows sometime, and if you begin to sell me a certain ballot game out there, I'll come out in person and get it. Absolutely welcome. We've got plenty of people out here that can put you up, too, bud. Okay, that sounds good. All right. Make plans. Take care, man. You too, thanks. Hello, how are you? Are you on uh, giving a call in on TopCast? How can I help you? Hi, I was playing this guy's uh, safe cracker, and he ran out of tokens, and I'm wondering where to get more tokens from. Eric, is that you? <laughs> yeah. Wait, are you like caught? You're in like the next. Wait, there's no response. He hung up on us. <laughs> Norm, he, 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 what do you believe? Did you put him off to that no. Norm? Smart. Did it on his own. Great, great. Okay. That's great. Okay, so you know, Norm, you know, you know that's a, just a little bit crazy. For me. Hey, it's a basic help issue that you can help him if you like. Well, all right, what is it? What is it? Well, he lives in Australia, and he's uh, he took a machine apart, and he's got a score reel. I think it's a Gottlieb. It's either a Pioneer or a Gottlieb football pro football. So the, his score reel was sticking. What do I got to guess? Which I don't know. Give him the answer for both. I, he didn't write the game on this email. As I recall, it's either a Pioneer or a pro football. I, I don't think that's too hard for you. You're the sage of all this. Now I'll ask him. He'd probably tell me sooner than you would. Yeah. Oh, Bally. I got Dr. Bally here. <laughs> oh, it, it can only be a Dr. Bally question. Dr. Bally. All right, let's get the question. Any advice on this one? I took a part of the score reel as it was sticking. Put it back together nicely, and it works well. The only problem is when the mach machine resets the score reel, the 100s doesn't reset, and it stays always else works in the machine. So help this guy out. What did he do wrong? You know, Norm, you know, that's like the most inane thing you know i i mean i would have to ask him some more questions what am i supposed to email him to him and wait oh, for the wake response? him up he's sleeping right now it's it's he's living in the future it's three three o'clock in the morning tomorrow okay 
Okay, that, uh, 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 you can email him that, all right? Great, thanks, Norm. That was real helpful. Let me guess, he needs to adjust the switch. One contact is out of order. Am I right? Yeah. That's really helpful. All right. Well, that's great. Well, let's finish the show. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. Is that enough for you? Welcome to TopCast. How can I help you? Hello? Yes. You're on live. Oh, you guys are still up? Uh, okay. Uh, are you guys doing tech questions yet? Sure. Sure. We'd be happy to take a tech question. Okay. Uh... I'm uh, from Canada. Not that it matters, but uh, got an issue with a, a 1977 Gottlieb uh, Wedgehead uh, Golden Arrow. Pretty rare game. Yeah, uh, I just purchased it actually about two weeks ago. Um, but the guy I bought it from bought it from somebody else, and it wasn't working. But uh, there's it's starting up, but not completely. Um, don't exactly know how to describe it, but the score motor and everything works. Um, it's not switching games, and I think he set it to free play. Okay. But there's uh, he had a rubber band across the hold relay. He had a rubber band across the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. I. I. Well. <laughs> well, maybe oh, we should start with that. Pardon. Maybe we should start with that. That, that is that a typical like? It, it, yeah, Norm. Norm doesn't like that rubber band across the whole relay. Yeah, I. You know, oh. I guess I would start there. But um, keep going. What else? Well, I, I've kind of looked at it, and uh, the rubber band, I guess, was there for a reason. Um, and it would have been putting tension on the relay. The rubber band that was on there was broken. So I put a new rubber band on thinking this might solve the problem, and it didn't. So now I'm kind of stuck as to where to go. Are, are you talking I, about I, the, the... I don't know, I'm lost here. Are you talking about the hold relay? Instead of it pulling in and holding itself, there's like a switch that keeps the hold relay pulled in. Somebody actually tied a rubber band around that actual relay? Yeah. Okay, well, I, I guess I would back up and, and maybe buy a new hold relay and look at the switch there's actually a switch that pulls in that keeps the hold relay pulled in and the hold relay is probably toast the hold the tilt hold and the game over relay on this era of late 70s Gottlieb are all like continuous duty relays and they're on a lot if not all the time but it's important that they be able to turn themselves on and off at appropriate times. So if it was me, I would just go ahead and contact the pinball resource and, and order a new hold relay and get that in. And then, you know, it's just one less thing you've got to worry about, one less, you know, potential problem removed, and, and you can make the game operate as it should. Maybe you should start with buying a new hold relay. That would, you know, probably be a good start. Would it, Brian, you, you got anything to add to that? Well, if you if you've got the manual to that game, it will give you the entire startup procedure on that too, and pretty much that's a good way to learn them. Uh, just go step by step through it. You're just going to have to uh, follow through. Like it'll tell you, uh, say your score reset relays, they have to zero out first in the back, and then eventually another thing will happen. And that whole lineup of things is all spelled out in the manual. Uh, luckily for you, it's a late enough game that they did have a manual that, that gave you all that startup information in it. You do. You got the manual in the schematic. Did you check it out by chance? Uh, I've sort of been trying to follow the schematic a bit here. Um, and I do actually have one of your restoration DVDs, which I've been trying to follow also. But this is kind of a oddball problem, I think. A lot of rewiring on this. You mean he's changed the... he's. You wired the game outside of the schematic? Uh, no, but a lot of wires have been changed, and there's a lot of new wiring. Whether or not it's been modified or just replacing wires that maybe were damaged, I can't exactly tell. Well, that's going to be a problem, too. Um, yeah. You've got a big... I'd say this is a big issue. You know, if it was me, I would try and rewire the game back to how it was per the schematic. And, and back up and, and start from there. 
Okay. But, you know, hey, that's just me. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, if anybody's tried to take things, you know, rewire them, I, I mean, you immediately, I, you know, it becomes kind of difficult for them, for me to help them. You're really at, uh, at a downside for that. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be difficult for us to really help you beyond that. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'm well, sorry. I'm just kind of curious, too, because he's got the hold ray held in. So maybe that's, I'm trying to figure out why he would have done that. Yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, the game, like, the guy I bought it from had it working, and then he said it just quit one day. Everything's returned to zero for your score reels. That's a and good start. everything seems to be good up until this point with, uh, I, I'm kind of stuck here now, so. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, I wish I could help you more on this one, but, uh, time somebody has, like, you know, rewired the game as it may be, that really does cause some issues. Okay. If you can send me an email, I just happen to have one of those in my shop that I fixed a couple of weeks ago, and I can take a, a few detailed pictures of the bottom wiring of that and send them to you if you need. Send Brian an email. Uh, help, uh, you know, maybe he can help you out since he has one of those games in his shop. Okay. We could maybe trade some information, too, one way or the other. I've got a few machines kicking around, so. Okay. All right. Well, hey, thanks for calling. Okay. Thanks. All right. Take care. But anyways, uh call it an end to the show and i don't know i mean how many people are listening three really yeah no i mean really seriously i, I don't know i didn't check the, the, the numbers but i've had enough of them so i think we're going to call it a day i want to go up and eat i'm going to fix right now okay well hey well that's another fine top cast show down the toilet down the toilet and anyway, we've had enough everything so i think we're done here norm you know one of our worst one of our worst shows ever thank you very much